Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Hey, Steve Stein here, and today what I'm going to be doing is talking about expanding the pentatonic scale with some unique chromatic style notes. And there's all kinds of different things that I could show you here. The options are are literally unlimited on this fretboard, but I'm going to show you some common things that I like to do uh, just to make my pentatonic a little more fun and see if it helps you. So we're going to be looking at D minor pentatonic. We're going to look at various different positions of the D minor pentatonic and some different things that you can add in. But before we get started, what I want you to understand is you always want to be able to see the main position itself without all of these additions because you, you want to be able to go back to the bare bones scale or bare bones position that you're seeing at any time. So as we add all these notes, it doesn't mean that you're going to use them all the time. They are merely options for you to sort of get more creative with your playing. Okay, so let's just go up to the 10th fret and play the first position of D minor pentatonic, which would look like this. Now, needless to say, you probably should know your positions fairly well before you start this, this lesson. Um, so I'm just playing the first position of D minor pentatonic. So the first adjustment we're going to make is a very common adjustment that you see players do, where we're going to take the first three strings, first, second, and third strings, and instead of playing 10, 12, 10, 13, 10, 13, we're going to expand that into a three note per string symmetrical pattern. So we're moving this. So I'm playing 10, 12, 13. You might use your first, third pinky. You might use your first, second, third, whatever works for you. Okay, now there's two ways that you can always approach these sorts of things. When you create symmetry on the fretboard, it tends to lend itself very well for speed picking, but it doesn't mean that the point of it is to play it fast. You might play it slow and do something with it too. So if I took this, whatever it is, and start creating patterns out of it. Or maybe I, um, instead of picking everything, I do something more legato. Or I don't do anything fast at all. I just play it. You know, whatever I'd like to do. But that's a great expansion if you've never done that before, is just adding in uh, some notes there to turn that into a three note per string pattern. And of course you could play this in any key. We're just looking at D minor pentatonic today. So the next step is, is to expand the fifth and fourth strings as well. Instead of just playing 10, 12, we're going to have the option of playing 10, 11, 12. Now you'll notice that we've changed everything. Now, if you can do this on the first string, of course you could do it on the sixth string as well right? Because they're both E strings. But I'm going to try and explain this in a way that makes sense in my brain because I don't try and always use backward logic and go, well, if I could do this here, I could do this here. Yes, the, the answer is always that's true. But what I try and do when I see my fretboard is look at different ways of seeing things. So I'm not always trying to make everything make perfect sense. 
if that makes sense. So like when I'm down here, that sounds way too modal to But if I do this, it doesn't sound like that. You see, I'm using it in context. I'm using those same three notes, but I'm using it in context of these other strings to create this symmetrical pattern, if that makes sense. So I'm not always worried about, well, if I could do it on the first string, I can do it on the sixth string. Again, the answer is that's true. But it depends on what you're trying to get it to sound like. If you're expanding your pentatonics, you might not be looking for this real melodic minor kind of sound. And maybe you are, and if you are, great. Okay? So as I'm playing this, I wouldn't use all of these at the same time all the time. I'm not going to go every time I play, because it might be too much. So I might just play something pentatonic and then throw something in and then that will be good enough. And sometimes I won't even do that. Sometimes I'll do something different. So the point is, is you have to spend the time exploring some of these notes and how to utilize them. Okay, oftentimes when you're adding something in the middle, like these 11s, those middle notes want to go to one of the outside notes, which are pentatonic. Whether you bend it or or just play it in, in a sequence with other notes. You know, whatever it might be. But they tend to want to go out because these notes in the middle are going to be quite dissonant. Okay? They're going to sound a little bit ugly. That doesn't mean that that's bad. It's actually really nice because it, it makes those notes want to push out to something else. Okay? So as you're playing these, you just have to explore these and see what you think of it. Okay, so that's enough of that first position. Those would give you quite a bit of notes to kind of explore. So let's look at the fifth position right underneath that. So we're going to be playing this. This is the standard position you'd play. It would be 8, 10, 8, 10, uh, 7, 10, 7, 10, and then 8, 10, 8, 10. Don't worry about which fingers I'm using. If you use something else, that's fine. So let's do a logical extension here, something that I would do and see what, it, what works for you. Now, you could do... Uh, 8, 9, 10 on the first and second strings, because those would be an octave of those. And you could also do those right there, okay? Now, for me, what I have a tendency of doing is I use the second string and the fifth string, the chromatic elements of those two strings, quite a lot. I don't use the chromatics on the first and sixth strings as much, but that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean that you wouldn't, okay? So I might make something up where I would do something like that, where I'm using the 8, 9, 10 to make something in between and then jump up into the first position and start doing something or move from here and do something like that, okay? If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. 
For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. So the 8, 9, 10 is really big for me. On that string. Fifth string, same thing. But I'm going to show you this. This is kind of cool. If you think about it, if I play 8, 9, 10, and then I had 10, 11, 12, I wind up with 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, right? Which is fine. But in my playing, what I tend to do is if I just played 10, 11, and 12, most of the time, I won't play 8, 9, and 10. I'll just play 8 and 10 like normal. Or if I played 8, 9, and 10, and I slid up, I'd probably skip the chromatic note here. So again, it's just a choice. You have to figure out what works best for you. But oftentimes, if I'm coming off something like this, and I'm going to move back, I don't necessarily go, which there's nothing wrong with. Sounds great. I just have a tendency of flipping over that one. Or if I'm going forward, I'll flip over and I'll skip the 11. So depending on which direction I'm going, that's a pretty natural motion for me. Okay. I might do something like this where I play 12, 11, 10, go back to the eight, do a hammer on to the nine. And there I'm playing all those notes, but I'm playing them in a bit of a different order. Again, the most important thing is there's no right or wrong. It's just what, what works best for you when you improvise. And the more you practice, you might find some different avenues of movement or different things that you really enjoy. Because the, the great thing about these chromatic notes is they're adding new color to your solo. They're, they're notes that you didn't have before. And sometimes they lead themselves to other positions or other movements across the fretboard that are kind of nice. Again, if I did this, it just feels really natural to slide up into this position, which is kind of nice. We're sliding back, you see? Or from here, trying to find different unique ways of being able to move through these positions. So we're gonna leave the seven and 10 alone for right now, okay? Not that you couldn't, I mean, you could do this, just like here, because that's an octave. And you could add stuff in there too, which is great. I don't tend to do that. When I get into this position, I tend to play those stock seven, 10, just because it breaks up the monotony of the chromatic stuff that I'm doing around it. Doesn't make it right or wrong, just telling you what I do, okay? See what works for you. That's always the most important thing is what's gonna work for you, okay? So now we're gonna move back. We're gonna move into the fourth position. Now we've got five, eight, five, eight, five, seven, five, seven, six, eight, five, eight. And hopefully you know that position already. Now this position's a little bit more awkward, so I'm gonna show you a couple of different things that you can do here. The standard thing to do would be on the five, eight, or excuse me, five, seven, five, seven of the third and fourth strings, Add something in between. That'd be a really common place to put it. So if you're playing, here's your D, your root. Okay, but you can add other stuff too, obviously. So the next one I'm gonna show you is a little bit more awkward. We're gonna move up to that six, so we're gonna play six, seven, eight. So we have. Now I. Again, I would, I, sorry, I keep saying this, but I wouldn't necessarily do all those at the same time. They're just options for me. So I may be coming off five, seven and move into five or six, seven, eight. 
Now the problem with this is it's, it's pushed my hand over a little bit and I've got to get back to this 5-8. So what I will do a lot is I might play the 6-7-8, but when I get back to the 5-8 of the first string, I find myself oftentimes doing 6-7 and skipping that 8, and I get that sound. So I might do something where I'm coming off this. And that's a really common thing for me to do is I'll play five, six, seven, five, six, eight. And then I'll do five, wrap around to the six, seven, and then go back like that. Which leads me up here to do whatever it is I want to do up there. So again, you trying to figure out what's the best way of moving across the fretboard with these ideas. Now let's move into the uh, third position here. So the third position, we've got three, five, three, five, three, five, two, five, three, six, and three, five. Most important thing here, this. This three, four, five right here. Now you could play three, four, five here. There's a lot of cool stuff you could do there as well, right? Which is kind of just repeating the same ideas that we've done before. But if you try and look for logic in all these things, you're going to go, well, when he played it up here, he did this. But when he was down here, he did this. That's because, again, I'm not trying to make everything the same. These are just ways I move around the fretboard doing different things. So if I'm down here, you know, I'm looking for something interesting to do here and then to connect into this position, to connect into this position and so on as I move across, across the fretboard. But I want to show you something else really cool that you can do in this position and then I'll let you go because that's probably enough to start with. So when we're on the D here, with our third finger, a, a really fun pattern that I like to play, it's a little bit hard to to play if you've never done this before, but you're gonna play five, and then on the next turn, you're gonna play three, five, six. Now that's different, right? I just showed you this. Well, this is a little different, so I'm playing. And then on the next string, I play two, five, six. So I have. And then I play three on top on the second string there. So that's a pattern that I'll go into a lot in this position, whether it's an octave up, which sounds pretty cool. Takes a little while to get used to, but these are all just different ideas. The most important thing for you is sometimes you need to break out of the normalcy of what you're always practicing. Like sometimes when we practice, we sit, we play through scales all day long, up and down, which is great. But at some point, we have to start learning how other players sometimes morph ideas into something new to try and create something that's a little bit different for them and for the listener. Because if you're never doing anything different, it gets old, right? So it's nice to try and find some different unique things that you can do. So there's no right or wrong to any of these things. It's just trying to figure out if it's something that expands the way you think about it and makes your playing more enjoyable and makes the journey a little more interesting. So take care, practice hard, and I'll talk to you soon. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, what it's lacking is some color by adding in some different notes. Now, again, I have all kinds of different videos that go into different scales and, you know, modes and different options, but let me just kind of show you what comes naturally with my fingers when I'm playing. 
and um, things that I would normally add in as I'm screwing around here. So one thing I love to do is add in the blues note. And instead of adding in the typical, which would be right here, which is fine, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.